0: All right. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us here today. I'm Rebecca Schultz, the MLA for Calgary Shaw and Minister of Municipal Affairs for the Province of Alberta. I do want to start by respectfully acknowledging the vast ancestral lands, territories, and boundaries of the Six Blackfoot Confederacy. We also acknowledge the Sutina Deneta First Nations, the Stony Nakota Sioux First Nations, Chiniki Bearspaw, and Wesley First Nations. The city of Mokinesis, Calgary, is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3, which is now Treaty 7 of Southern Alberta. Today, many Indigenous and non-Indigenous nations call this area home on these traditional lands. I have the pleasure of serving as MC for this very important update on the Modernizing Alberta's Primary Health Care System Initiative, Thank you so much to the South Calgary Primary Care Network in my beautiful constituency of Calgary Shaw for hosting us here today and for all you do to care for our Calgary friends, families, and neighbours. Joining us today is my colleague, Minister of Health, Jason Copping, Tyler White, CEO of SIGSICA Health Services and chair of the MAPS Indigenous Panel, Dr. Janet Reynolds, co-chair of the Strategic Advisory Panel, and Dr. Rakesh Patel, the South Calgary Primary Care Network board chair and a physician here in Calgary. Every single person in this room is dedicated to finding ways to make our primary health care system work better for the people of our province. As an Albertan... A patient or a parent, sorry, a daughter of aging parents, I know how vital our healthcare system is. I appreciate the hard work being done on so many different fronts to find ways to identify and address concerns so people can get the help they need when and where it's needed. This is to any Albertan who finds themselves needing to visit a family doctor as someone who represents many young families in a growing and diverse community, but also as a mother of two. I know firsthand the role primary care plays in raising healthy kids and families. From regular checkups, to childhood vaccinations, to colds and flu, and even early childhood development, young families rely on primary care providers to help children grow to reach their full potential, the dream every parent has for their kids. That's why I was so honored to join you here today as my colleague shares how we can better make that happen. And on that note, I'd like to introduce our first speaker this morning, Minister Jason Copping.
1: Thank you so much, Minister Schultz. It's great to be here in, uh, in South Calgary. And, and I'd also like to thank the folks at South Calgary PCN for hosting us and to everyone joining us here today. I am pleased to be here to announce that Budget 2023, if passed, would make an, hist- an historic investment in Alberta's primary care system. As you know, the government has a vision for the future of our health care system. That vision is for every Albertan to have access to the medical care they need where and when they need it. And to help that make that vision a reality, the focus of our healthcare system needs a shift. If we can spend more time and money on primary care and preventative medicine, our healthcare system can become less dependent on emergency rooms and ever-increasing hospital capacity. That's why we launched the Modernizing Alberta's Primary Health Care System, or MAPS, initiative for short, about five months ago. The time was right to make this happen. We could see the strain on our health care system. For the past two years, ICU, ICU capacity had been maxed out. Emergency rooms had been stretched beyond capacity. More and more Albertans were struggling to find a family doctor. And our health care workers have been burning the candle at both ends in an effort to ensure every Albertan receives the care they need. It was clear we needed to take a hard look at our current system and make the changes necessary, not only to ensure the sustainability of our public health care system, but to improve the health outcomes for everyone in this province. We took that opportunity to bring the right people and resources to the table to make meaningful, lasting change. Now is the time to back up our words with action and resources. So today, I am announcing that if passed, Budget 2023 would invest over $2 billion this year alone, the highest ever in Alberta's history, to improve primary health care. If you look at the next three years, we will have more than $240 million in new funding. This would include $125 million to implement recommendations coming from these MAPS panels, and I'll talk about that more in a moment, $40 million to support primary care networks, which follows through on our commitment made in the AMA deal signed last fall, and $27 million to PCNs to provide for an expected increase of patients attached to a primary care provider. In addition, there is $12 million to help community-based physicians with IT systems that will help enhance continuity of care for patients. Now, Last week, the Indigenous and Strategic Advisory Panels presented me with interim reports that identified several opportunities for early investment in the primary care system, and I accepted them all in principle. The panels presented these opportunities because they felt they were too important to delay their implementation until their final reports are presented this spring. These strategic investments will begin to address some of the long-standing challenges people face when trying to access primary health care. Many of these recommendations will help improve experiences and outcomes for Indigenous Albertans. As Dr. Tyler White, co-chair of the Indigenous Advisory Panel, is going to touch on in just a few minutes, First Nations, Métis and Inuit people have a strong and proud history in Alberta and it is important the health care system is designed and delivered in true partnership with Indigenous peoples. Actions such as developing standards of care for Indigenous cultural safety and supporting mobile health clinics on Métis settlements, as well as exploring similar opportunities with First Nations, will help to ensure Indigenous people in Alberta receive culturally appropriate care when and where they need it. Similarly, The Strategic Advisory Panel identified several early investment opportunities such as expanding supports for vulnerable and underserved Albertans, as well as enhancing virtual care program so that more Albertans can have access to primary care faster and more easily if they don't already have a family doctor or other care provider. These are only a few examples from their reports. I am now tasking my department to turn those recommendations into action. We need action quickly, and I'm committing that the recommendations will be implemented as soon as possible. It's an exciting time to be part of this process. All three panels are working to rejuvenate the primary health care system and do it in a way that makes the most sense and to create a more efficient primary health care path. A path to guide us now, but one that can also be adopted to meet the needs of future Albertans is required. So thank you to everyone who has taken the time to provide the expertise and suggestions to help realize a better health care outcomes for all Albertans. I hope all of you are as excited as I am to see the positive changes that this work will bring. And now I would like to turn things over back to Minister Schultz to introduce our next guest today. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much Minister Copping. I will now invite Dr. Janet Reynolds, co-chair of the MAPS Strategic Advisory
2: Panel, to the podium. Good morning everyone, and thank you Ministers Copping and Schultz. On behalf of the MAPS Strategic Advisory Panel, co-chaired by myself and Dr. Brad Baylor, I'm pleased to attend today's announcement of investments for Alberta's primary health care system. Today's announcement represents a significant investment in Alberta uh, in the health care that Alberta needs and is an important step in reorienting our health system around primary health care. Efforts to improve access to primary health care for all Albertans will improve health outcomes for all Albertans. To this end, I'm pleased to share some key themes from our early investment opportunity recommendations to the Minister. First, we want Albertans as partners and we start with a recommendation to pilot a platform for public feedback on healthcare experiences for patients and caregivers. The next theme is to expand existing integrated health, community and social service models that provide comprehensive care, including outreach to people who face barriers to accessing health services for reasons such as poverty, homelessness, social isolation and ethnicity. We recognize that primary health care providers have been struggling. There are substantial ways that immediate relief can be offered to stabilize practices and maintain Alberta as an attractive place to work. We need to expand family physician and nurse practitioner compensation models to support delivery of comprehensive primary care. Team-based care is the future of primary health care by actively engaging nurses, pharmacists, dieticians, mental health workers and other professionals in the care of Albertans, people can access care at the right time by the most appropriate provider. Stimulus funding via the existing infrastructure of primary care networks to recruit and deploy health team and support staff to primary care clinics is an important bridge to a more sustainable investment in team-based care. And finally, we promote strategies uh, we recommend strategies to promote innovative solutions and models of care to expand access to care. An unacceptable number of Albertans do not have access to a primary health care provider. Since we cannot train all the health care workers that we might need to serve these Albertans in their communities, we are recommending that innovation is required in the delivery of care. This could include expanded virtual access, Uh, expanded hours of operations of some existing clinics and ensuring wherever possible continuity of care is maintained. Today's announcement of funding is just a first phase in what will be a detailed action plan. The MAPS strategic advisory panel is still hard at work writing a final report for the Minister that reflects a vision for the future of primary health care that is bigger than the funding of individual opportunities but I won't undersell the importance of the funding announced here today. It will partially fill critical unmet needs within today's system while we work to a scope, to scope a transformative vision for a primary healthcare system that serves the needs of all Albertans. In closing, I want to acknowledge the hard work and dedication of the members of all three of the MAPS advisory panels, the inputs and submissions from partners and stakeholders across the primary health sector and the staff that have supported this work along the way. The collaborative efforts of such a diverse group are truly inspirational. And from a personal standpoint, I'm honored to be involved in such an important initiative. Thank you so much for attending and sharing our passion for advancing primary health care in Alberta. Back to you, Minister Schultz.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Reynolds. I will now ask Dr. Tyler White, CEO of Siksika Health Services and co-chair of the MAPS Indigenous Advisory Panel to share a few words.
3: Thank you, Minister Schultz. Thank you, Minister Coffeyn. Uh, my name is Tyler White. I'm the CEO of Sixka Health Services and co-chair of the Indigenous Advisory Panel. And pleased to be here along with my fellow co-chairs. I, I need to acknowledge their important work and it's great. It's a great announcement today for the minister. Uh, I think it's a great step forward and I'm pleased to sort of share the experiences Um, And just some of the work we've been doing as a panel. So, the panel holds immense responsibility and plays an important role in identifying meaningful and practical recommendations to ensure that Indigenous people have access to high quality, culturally safe primary health care services, no matter where they live in Alberta. Historically, Indigenous people have cared for each other through strong traditional, cultural, and spiritual practices since time immemorial. This continues today. There are a number of First Nation-led best practice approaches through Alberta that we can learn from to improve primary health care for all Indigenous people, including Big Stone Cree Nation, Kainai Nation, Muskegee, and my home community of Siksika Nation. While these are all excellent examples for us to learn from, Indigenous people today still encounter many challenges when it comes to equitable access to quality health care. In Alberta, First Nation life expectancy has fallen below years of age. This is 18.2 years below the life expectancy of non-Indigenous Albertans. Life expectancy for First Nations is now similar to life expectancy of Canadians during the 1930s and within the range of life expectancy for countries like Afghanistan, Angola, and Niger. We've also seen an increased rates of diabetes, cancer, mental health issues, and drug misuse among indigenous communities. Rates of self-harm resulting in emergency department visits amongst First Nation youth ages 10 to 12 are four times higher than First Nations and non-First Nations youth. Furthermore, As a panel, we've heard evidence of racism, stereotyping, and biases when Indigenous peoples try to access primary health care system. This is evidence that change is required and the time to act is now. All Albertans have a right to health under international laws. This is informed primarily by international covenant on economic, social, and cultural rights. In relation to Indigenous people, the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People is also critical in interpreting and applying the right to health along with treaties and Indigenous people's own laws and protocols. The Indigenous Advisory Panel convened its first meeting on November 2, 2022, and it has been meeting weekly to discuss and identify opportunities for investment. That could easily and effectively be implemented across the province. Your recommendations have been informed by discussions with First Nations chiefs, Métis leaders and feedback received from Indigenous patients, health directors, youth and healthcare providers from Treaty 6, 7 and 8, Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. We are hearing from these communities that capacity building or process of developing and strengthening the skills, abilities, processes, and resources that organizations and communities need to thrive, adapt, and thrive is key to Indigenous communities, whether it is doctors, nurses, or allied health staff, and even resource building. As many Indigenous communities do not have access to primary care in the simplest forms, we need to start at the beginning to ensure that the resources required for foundational primary health care are on the ground. The impacts of trauma from Indian residential schools and history throughout the Americas has resulted in intergenerational trauma for indigenous people today. Medical doctors are now beginning to screen for traumas as part of their normal protocol to gauge patients possible predisposed condition to numerous health problems. There are four themes underpinning the recommendations that the Indigenous Advisory Panel putting forward for immediate investment today. We must move forward to improve health equity for First Nations, Inuit people in Alberta in a way that honors and respects Indigenous expertise, knowledge and traditional healing and the distinct First Nations, Métis and Inuit people. Racism against Indigenous people in Alberta healthcare system is not acceptable and must be addressed immediately. We must build a system that includes culturally safe care and a strong and Indigenous workforce. Primary health care services must be designed and delivered by First Nations, Métis and Inuit people in our communities and close to home. There is need to create space for system innovation and support core community capacity to design and deliver culturally safe primary health care services for Indigenous people. On behalf of the panel, I'm pleased to announce our five immediate recommendations for investment. First, to help prevent and address racism against First Nations, Metis, and Inuit people in Alberta, the panel has identified the establishment. Of an indigenous patient complaints investigator and elders roster as an impartial body to investigate complaints of racism during accessing the delivery of health care. Second, the panel has identified the need for an indigenous primary health care innovation fund to address the immediate challenges facing indigenous communities. And communities to access funding to support the identification and implementation of innovative solutions to deliver comprehensive primary health care closer to home. Third, the panel calls for the appointment of a ministerial panel on Indigenous cultural safety standards of care to identify and develop standards, key performance indicators, and measures to measure and achieve culturally safe primary health care delivery system. Fourth, the panel recommends the creation of an indigenous patient navigator program that will provide financial support to First Nations, Métis partners and other indigenous organizations to recruit and retain qualified indigenous patient navigators to assist patients to overcome barriers to accessing primary health care services across multiple service providers. In concert with this recommendation the panel is recommending funding and capacity to support for the mobile health clinic for Métis settlements demonstration project partnership and the exploration of opportunities for similar mobile health unit projects with First Nations in Alberta five and finally the panel is calling for funding for First Nations and Métis settlements to develop capacity to enhance the availability of Indigenous health data for their communities and doing so in a way that respects First Nations sovereignty and governance over health system information that is specific to their needs. Collectively, the Indigenous Advisory Panel believes these early opportunities for investment are a crucial first step in improving access to quality and continuity of care for First Nations, Métis and Inuit people across Alberta. Beyond this, we know that there is more work to be done. There are jurisdictional issues, indigenous healthcare falls under both federal, provincial, territorial jurisdictionals. The lines between which can be firm. Indigenous communities agree to provide autonomy to do their work as a most effective way to meaningfully address the aforementioned obstacles. The ongoing inclusion of Indigenous voices in the design and development of Alberta health care solutions for all Albertans is required. The panel is confident that the implementation of these first five recommendations as part of the modernization of Alberta primary health care system will bring meaningful changes to health of Indigenous people. And as the CEO of Sixka Health Services and as Six God Nation member myself, I know the right solutions come from within the community. As one of my panel members shared with me this past weekend, we will not accept second place at this table. Thank you and we look forward to sharing our final report recommend- recommendations with you in the months ahead. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Dr. White. I would now like to ask our last speaker for today, Dr. Rakesh Patel, South Calgary PCN board chair and family physician at the Silverado Medical Clinic to say a few words.
4: Good morning guests, colleagues, staff and partners. Welcome, I'm delighted to be able to welcome you here today to the South Calgary Primary Care Network home base. PCNs, which are really a unique to Alberta phenomenon, were set up originally as small partnerships of engaged physicians who wanted to make the care and lives of their patients better. One of the first PCNs in Calgary was formed here in the South almost two decades ago, where about 60 local doctors working in separate clinics decided that by working together, they could better serve the needs of their patients. A trilateral agreement between Alberta Health, Alberta Medical Association, and what was then the Calgary Health region was set up to create the new South Calgary PCN, which is now one of seven PCNs in, Alberta, in Calgary. Today, in South Calgary PCN, there are 266 family doctors working together collaboratively, all connected by PCNs serving more than 260,000 patients in this region. Supporting those doctors work in the clinics throughout this area, including clinics like this one, we have multidisciplinary teams, of staff that include nurses, social workers, psychologists, dietitians, clinic support staff, and more. We're grateful that South Calgary PCN is governed by a high-functioning board, which is a mixture of local health experts and skilled public members, another leading example of how Albertans and their healthcare teams work together in partnership. Special mention to the founding organisation of South Anderson Primary Care Association and its engaged Physician Volunteer Board, Led by their president, Dr. Ike Muto. I'd also like to acknowledge the hard work of the PCN operations team that allows the care providers to focus on delivering care. And they're led by their executive director, Ms. Melina Dharma Wardine, and medical doc- director, Dr. Nori Norirden. Looking to the future, by working together, we can face these significant challenges and pressures facing our system today. Partnership in primary care led by engaged family physician experts both within our community but also beyond it, are needed to be give all of our patients and Albertans the care they deserve. Together, all seven PCNs in the Calgary area are working in sync to meet the wider needs of those who call Calgary and the surrounding communities home. To truly meet the needs of local residents, we need to be working better together with all partners in the room today and those who are not here today. That includes our Indigenous partners whose history precedes all of the groups gathered here and on whose ancestral lands we stand. It also includes MAPS, government, Alberta Health Services, the Alberta Medical Association, community healthcare providers and other community groups. We must also include the very people we're here to serve, our patients, Albertans. Through trusted relationships between patients and their family doctors or provider, we can continue to build on the foundation work that we've achieved. But we will also need to be innovative and bold to create a fully integrated healthcare system that our patients deserve. I believe we can get there through team-based care and close working partnerships. Thank you.
1: Thank you everyone for joining us today. That ends the formal portion of our announcement. We'll start the media question and answer. We'll go first to questions in the room.
0: Hi, I'm Nicole with CTV. My question is for Minister Jason Copping, and if either of the other speakers want to weigh in, feel free. Um, so you mentioned that this initiative is really about being proactive. Um, so how important is that to addressing the current strain on the healthcare system and potential strains in the future?
1: It, it's incredibly important, right? This is, you know, the, you know, from my perspective, one of the most significant uh, pieces of work our, our government is doing in the healthcare care space, uh, looking at re- reinvesting in primary care uh, and looking after people like, instead of at the when they're the sickest at the most expensive door at the acute care, and we still need to build that system so it's, so it, we can react to uh, and be there for when people need it, but if we keep people out of that system, focus on pre- prevention primary care uh, community based care home based care, uh, that will actually re- reduce the demand on our on our acute care system and and result in uh, better health care outcomes and, and The other critical point is uh, and, and, it, and I just want to you know mention again. Uh, Tyler, Dr. White, thank you so much for your work in leading the Indigenous uh, panel. Um, but, you know, those outcomes are unacceptable. We need to work together to fix it. And I think, you know, the work that we're doing with this and that Dr. White is leading, because, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, part of MAPS, there's, the, you know, two panels have done their, their quick hits. We also have another panel which is helping to inform that, which is an international panel. Uh, looking at you know other countries around the world that quite frankly do it better than we in Alberta or, or quite frankly all of Canada in terms of focusing on primary care and prevention and and, and getting better outcomes for their indigenous peoples for example you look at uh, you look at New Zealand uh, so what learnings can we we take from them adjust it. Right to the great work that's already being done, like on the Sixika Nation, and the work that's being done from a healthcare perspective right there today, uh, and then put it into uh, uh, into an action item. So I'm very pleased about these uh, these quick hits, like the interim report, because that allows us to move faster. Uh, but what we've also asked the uh, the uh, mass panel all to do, is what is the trans- <clears throat> transformation over a you know, five, ten year period so we can get the type of results that other countries, quite frankly, are getting um, in terms of improved health care outcomes uh, while managing our costs at the same time. Thanks. Do you have
0: a follow-up? Um, yeah. So this one's a, a little off topic, but on the topic of healthcare, um, I'm just wondering if there's any concern here in Alberta about the neurovirus cases that are kind of on the rise. The the stomach bug. Uh, we're starting to see more cases of that in in Canada. Not sure if that's a concern here as well, and adding to the strain on the healthcare system.
1: Yeah. So we're we're always watching what's 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 out there. I haven't it hasn't been raised to my level yet in terms of the concern specifically uh, in uh, in Alberta. But what we do need to do and we know this is we need to build capacity in our system as a whole and we are actually doing that right now you know additional you know 600 million uh, this budget year um with a commitment for 600 million next in the year after and then just wait for the next budget to come out because we we also know we need to build more and uh, and we will do that thank you thank you thank you we'll go to the phones operator can you fit through our next caller
5: Catherine yeah, today uh, good morning thanks for taking my question so Primary care networks have been a, around for a while, um, of course. And I'm wondering, what is it specifically that you think has caused them to not live up to their full potential? I noticed one of the um, early action recommendations is reinstate the PCN Operational Stability Fund. Is there is there one thing you can point to for why why they haven't been working as well as they should be? So I'll
1: start off, and then I'll, I'll ask either uh, Dr. Reynolds or Dr. Patel to, to weigh in, and, and if uh, Dr. White wants to as well. But, you know, from, from my perspective, like, you know, Alberta, quite frankly, was one of the first jurisdictions in the country, as I understand it, to set up PCNs, and they actually had have been able to provide... Um, great support for Albertans. But this, this was 20 years ago. So, so we need to evolve this over time. What, what I have heard is that, you know, we need to take a look at is there a better way to do governance? And we have multiple governance structures across the, the province with PCNs. Um, also the funding model, because um, right now it's attached to the, the family physician. So when a family physician leaves, that funding disappears. And that, that creates uncertainty with the PCN in terms of being able to keep people along. So a stability fund is one way to address it. Uh, I have also asked the uh, the panel to look at, you know, do we need to change the governance structure? Do we need to change the funding model to be able to support it and take it to the next level? I, I look at PCNs as actually have, have being, a, uh, being a success, uh, leading the country, uh, but we need to refresh it and reinvest in it. Uh, and that's what I've asked them to do. How do we do that best? And, and we're putting the dollars behind it. Uh, but uh, Dr. Patel, do you want to weigh in on that? Okay, great, thanks.
4: Thank you, Minister. I'm Dr. Rakesh Patel, South Calgary, PCN. So primary care networks or investment in primary care has been shown by data to actually help people live longer, healthier, and actually keep out of the hospital system, which costs all of us more. So actually, um, the primary care network as the tool to increase primary care investment is definitely the right model, and there's scope for growth. There's definitely more potential untapped within PCNs. So I look forward to the future and the work coming out of MAPS to move that forward. I'll hand that on to Dr. Reynolds.
2: I'll just build that specifically the recommendation as an early investment opportunity to reinstate the Operational Stability Fund has to do with, as the Minister alluded to, really allowing the primary care networks to plan a little bit beyond the end of their fiscal years um, so that they can um, ensure that they're not um, forced to program for short term.
3: The only thing I'll add, I think the minister said it all, my colleagues said it all. I think from a, at least from a governance perspective, I think, you know, we had made it clear that we uh, expect uh, Indigenous people to be part of that governance structure moving forward. So we're looking forward to being part of that, Minister. Thanks, Catherine. Do you have a follow-up?
5: Yeah, I'm wondering how much of this extra funding that's announced is made possible through the agreement that was just reached with the federal government, including the uh, $2 billion for all the provinces and territories for Indigenous partners, how much, how much of this increase is due to that federal increase?
1: Yeah, we're we are uh, we're still working through the details on that as we don't have an agreement but we are committing to this regardless of whether we get an agreement or not uh, because this is important and it's a focus of, of, uh, of our government and uh, and there will also be you know the the federal government is also um, separately um, putting in uh, investment into indigenous health which which is which is, uh, which, is uh, which is great and I'm looking forward to you know working with them to to get additional funding so uh, we can move faster in terms of our transformation and be able to provide the uh, uh, support to Albertans and and, 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 Indige- and indigenous peoples uh, and get the health care when and where they need it thank you everyone I think that oh dr. white go ahead
3: just want to add to the minister's comments around this. So we recently met with Minister Hadou uh, around, regarding this, and uh, we had an opportunity to sit down and, and provide you know some guidance and some suggestions and also share the work that we're doing within the province. Uh, so she was very pleased to hear that and really looking forward to further input and direction from Indigenous communities. But one of the things that I want to, again, acknowledge the minister, uh, what he did was also look at the composition of the panel and he included the federal government on our panel. So I think that was a key um, add and uh, they've been very instrumental in the discussions and I think they'll be instrumental in the next steps for this, th- this funding opportunity.
1: Thanks so much, uh, that is all the time we have today. Uh, thanks everyone for coming out. Uh, if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out. Thanks everyone.